Welcome back to Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and I'm just so happy to be here again with you guys this week, um, pouring into you guys, sharing the stories of our youth, what's going on. Um, and I've just been loving you guys' feedback that you guys have been sending us. We've got some great questions we'll hit on in the next coming episodes. But I'm super excited about this next guest. Her name is Maya. And I just can't wait for Eric to come in and just to dive in to ask her questions because he knows her the best. He's been working with her for about a full year, mentoring her, pouring into her life, um, and definitely knows the pain and the suffering that's been going on in her life. And we just want to hear that story and to pour it out and to let students know that you know, you're not the only one that goes through this stuff. There's other students that have suffered just as much or if not more than you and that you're not alone. So with all that all being said, I just bring you Eric Vasquez and Maya. All right, man. We got our special guest, Maya, in the house. I don't think I've ever met a student like you. You are one of a kind. Can you say hello to everybody? Hello. <laughs> Can you just kind of quickly tell us a little bit about yourself, man? What do you love doing? Where do you like going? Okay, I'm like a very open person, and I'm really, I'm like the worst person ever because people tell me I have multiple personalities, and you know what? It's true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but... I know I like to do a lot of things. I'm more, I know I'm not active as I used to be, but I like doing small stuff like, you know, drawing. I'm singing more now. And yeah, that's yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I love your personality. I was telling you in the car just on the way over that I actually miss hanging out with you because you're always the life of the party. You, know? <laughs> you already know. Yeah, you know how to have fun and your smile uh, lights up a room. So we are definitely lucky to be a part of your life. Every time that I've sat with you um, and kind of heard you get personal and share that life story, I've it's never ceased to amaze me, like the amount of strength and resilience you have. And um, I want to know, we want to know, where does that come from, man? So <laughs> can you take us back? And as we do in our circles, we ask our students, can you share a little bit of your story and when we say your story can you share a little bit of the pain of your story okay um it all started when i was like two or three really because mm -hmm. you know my dad he was already married so he cheated on his wife with my mom mm. so you know my mom she had just found out you know he was lying to her so she took her anger out on on me so she burned me on the leg with an iron on my left leg so I still had the scar. You know, she didn't take me to the hospital for a week. Well, why would she burn you? Why would she take it out on you? Because, I don't know. My dad told me she's she's a, you know, tweaker or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I still, her and I are on and off. Okay. So I haven't really talked to her in a while. So basically, I think she just did it to take her anger out on me. Because, you know, to get back at my dad. Because, you know, I'm his only baby girl so mm, mm. but that happened so my dad finally got full custody of me at the age of like three or four and that really happened like when my dad first told me that when I was like about seven or eight when I finally you know could actually you know understand yeah completely and he showed me pictures and stuff when I was younger like the burn and stuff and I was like wow like my mom did that so then it, it got a little worse when I was getting a little bit older in sixth grade you know DUI, my dad getting a DUI, 
and I was there. I was really sad and crying because, you know, the police were telling me, like, I'm asking them, like, you going to take my dad to jail? You going to take him to jail? Like, no, nah, we're not taking him to jail. Man, an hour later, they took him to jail. Yeah. So I have to wait till my stepmom came and picked me up. So, so you were, what, 11, 12 yeah, at 11 this time? Yeah, 11 or 12, yeah. Was your dad struggling through, like, uh, a drinking problem? Yeah, you know, he, he didn't want to admit that he was an alcoholic, but we all knew he was. So he did have that issue. But he, he claimed it was his diabetes, that it, his sugar was low. But it wasn't that. He was like, I'm not dumb. Yeah. But, you know, it happened. So and it, so they took his license away for a right. year. Right. So he had to take the bus and every day. And he had gotten the shingles. So he blamed me for his stress mm. every day, blaming me. And then that's when I was really like, like, okay, like he's blaming me. I'm going to make it up to him. So I'm putting like all this work into him like you know taking care of him yeah walking with him to the bus stop trying to like call my mom or my siblings like hey can you pick my dad up like i need him like can you like drive him somewhere so then you know i thought it was my responsibility to help my dad more and just like do all that because you know he's older like he's old so yeah that was really a hard time for me that back yeah. there too so that might have been taking us to what seventh eighth grade yeah. Now, I know <laughs> you're a legend, good or bad. You know, I, yeah. I started working at this school in Pomona, and they started telling that, you know, your name came up, like, out of, like, the history, rec you know, the records mm -hmm. of history in that school. And I was like, man, they know Maya, too. Yeah. So what was seventh, eighth grade like as you were kind of growing up? Wow. I was a goofball. After that, I was like, because I was more of a tomboy. Like, I didn't look like this, you know? So, look like what? What you look like now? I look good. Back then, I was I was not looking like this. I had acne. I was a little bit darker. I was like a little brown skin. So I didn't know how to take care of my hair. So my hair was up in buns. I was looking like a little tomboy. Okay. So I was more of a goofball, making people laugh and, you know, hanging around a lot of people. And a lot of people like me because, you know, I'm funny. The next, you know, it got a little worse at the end of eighth grade. Yeah. Because then that's when... You know, girl stuff had to start happening with me. So then my body started to change. And then, you know, boys started noticing me a little bit. But I wasn't paying attention to it. Mm. But middle school, I got caught smoking on campus. Yeah. I got suspended a lot. I got I had the most tardies in that school. So it, wow. was, it, was, it was a little bad for me because I wanted to, to, like, be out there. I wanted to be noticed. You know, I wanted everybody to have, like, oh. I want the attention, you know? Yeah. And that's how it was back then in middle school. So I failed 7th and 8th grade. I, I didn't promote, so it yeah. was bad. And then I know that you went to high school, you weren't doing real well, and where I met you was you had just come out of juvenile hall, mm -hmm. and I met you at a continuation site where I was actually facilitating some of my mentoring programs, right? Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how you ended up there. Uh. It was my freshman year at Diamond Ranch. So, I mean, I was a good kid at first. I was an honors kid. I was getting good grades. But then, like I said, my body started changing. You know, I started changing. And boys was noticing me. So then I had my first boyfriend. So then that's when it first started happening. I was I was crazy. I was acting crazy over my first boyfriend. He goes to Pomona High, but... Yeah, no names on this one. Okay, yeah, no names, no on, names this on this one. No names on this one. But... <laughs> For my first boyfriend, I ran away to go see him. So mm. this is when, you know, everything kind of got under control. But then, you know, fast forward a little bit, I was doing a better, you know, I'll stop talking to him. So I was doing better. Well, I want to pause you because 
I knew this other young man and just so for the other young ladies who are listening who might be in similar situations, this was a very dysfunctional relationship, correct? Yeah. Okay. And what? how did that get to be so crazy? Because... And, and from what I understand, you were exposed to a lot of things yes, as a result of that relationship because maybe some of the things he was involved in, right? Yeah. So with that, it's like... I don't know. It's like when people treat you differently and you get a certain type of love, you're just like, wow, is this real? Is this like, is this really what love is? So when you feel like, oh, this person could do, this person's going to do a lot for me, you want to do the same too. Like you want to go out, go out all out, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So that's what I started doing. I started running away. The longest, the first time I, the longest I was away from home was three days. I was with the same kid. You know, him and I were just on drugs, running away. We was just on dumb stuff. And then it got worse. It started, you know, being weeks and then months. And then it got to the point where I got transferred out. I got kicked out of Diamond Ranch. And they kicked, they sent me to Ganesha, my home school. So then he started come seeing me there. Mm-hmm. He would come take an Uber over there. And every day after school, I'm just running away to be with him. And then at the time, I didn't know that it was hurting my dad. I thought my dad was the bad guy, and he wasn't. He was just trying to help me. Right. But I didn't know back then. So it got worse. So then it got to the point where I wasn't home for, like, uh, another week. And then it got to the point where he threatened, my ex-boyfriend threatened to kill my dad mm. and leave voicemails, like, I'm going to kill you. So then my dad and my probation officer was like, put a restraining order on him. You know, like do it. Yeah. It'll, it'll help her, but it didn't. Right. So, and and if I could intervene a bit, that's where kind of things ramped up. There was yes. a lot of tension, mm-hmm. and there was this fracture between you and your pops. And I think a lot of teens can relate yeah. with being at odds with their parents and wanting to live a free and fun life, but then parents right. are still kind of like trying to protect you and guide you. Yeah. So, uh. Now I know that you are in the process of mending those relationships. And we know kind of already listening to a portion of your story. You've been through a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, like, out of all that stuff, what do you think has been the most challenging obstacle you have faced in your young life? The most was when I had gone out of juvenile hall and in I think it was July when I got out the second time when I got out the second time it was in September my dad and I were like trying to work things out but every time we got into argument it was always us getting into arguments and he'd bring up my ex-boyfriend the one I have restraining order on he would bring him up and then it got to the point where at that time I was still hurt like I was still fragile so I was like, I was really, kill- I was about to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And so I ran to the bathroom. I'm like going off for it. I was about to until my brother had knocked on the door. My dad had called the police. They brought the ambulance. They're like, my art, like my dad's telling them like, no, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. Like she's not depressed. It's for attention. And that really hurt because it's like, you're supposed to be my dad. You're supposed to understand. You're supposed to see that I'm hurting. I'm mm-hmm. your child. So, but at the same time, I can't expect so much from him mentally and emotionally because it's like he's old school. He's more just like, I'm feeding you. I'm putting clothes on your bag. That's all that matters, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So, and that hurt me a lot, but that was the most difficult because I had went to the mental hospital for like almost two weeks, like mm. dealing with it. And so you were 5150. Yeah. And, and then being in there, it's not a great it's not, place. It's not. Because it's like other people in there too are dealing with a lot of worse things than you are, but it's like you can also relate to them and listen to them. And yeah. even though it's not a great place to be at, it, it's, it helped me. Yeah. And well, it amazes yeah. me that you've been through things like that and then you could still be so amazing and happy and a beautiful soul. So I kind of want to ask, man, what is the key to you finding joy still in life and what motivates you or inspires you? Like what pulls you forward, Maya? <laughs> More, it's like, I think about my freedom, you know? I'm just like, okay, like my dad's arguing with me like I feel like like leaving, I feel like killing myself. Stuff when that stuff happens, I think about. But damn, like I don't want to run away because I I I want to be out here. I don't want to go to jail. So it's like that kind and like you know being a justice for you too. Like that helps me too, like a lot. Cause it's like I want to be out here to keep growing with you guys. That that also motivates me. And I don't know, just like try to think positive was more about it too, yeah. and talking about it with people. Like that really helps too. That yeah. was that motivated me. You're one of the most vulnerable and transparent people I've ever met. And I really see that as a strength. And I know many people that are listening feel and and know, you know, that that is very true. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I kinda wanna hear and I'm sure the listeners wanna hear, what are your goals for your future? Like what do you wanna do with your life? You could do anything, girl. <laughs> I want to go to college. I know when I'm 18, I'm about to move out. <laughs> like, I want to stay in Pomona. Like, I love Pomona. I was born out here, raised out here, have family out here. So I know I want to stay out here, you know, as long as I can. But I really just want to, like, go to college. I want to be in the law enforcement, too. I know people bash me about it. Like, what? But you got locked up, like, how many times? And you have, like, you got beef with all the Pomona PD. And I'm just like... But still, I like. I want to be a cop too. I want to prevent a lot of stuff from happening on the street. So I think you would be perfect candidate because you understand that lifestyle. Yeah. And the good news is you're still so young that you haven't gone too deep or done something so serious that it would really limit your uh, your opportunities. So now's the time, right, to mm-hmm. embrace the change and. Um, start to experience that transformation in your life. But we love you. We appreciate you. You're amazing, resilient, strong young person. And uh, I really love that you're willing to stay and spend some time with us sharing your story. So one more thing. What would you say to the listener um, just about justice for youth and, you know, its impact in your life? And real quick, 10-second elevator speech like we always ask. There's nothing wrong with opening up like you know telling older people how you feel because there's people like you know you that understand and other people other mentors there's nothing wrong about talking about how you how you feel and talking about your past because it's better to open up because like uh, you can't keep that stuff inside maya thank you so much man for coming out and spending time with us we really appreciate you and uh i really had a good time having you on set And I know the listeners probably fell in love with you just kind of hearing your heart and your story. So thank you again. You're welcome, Eric. Yeah, and for anybody that's listening that felt connected to Maya's story, you could always reach reach out to us. You can 
lob her a few questions and we'll get back to you at info at ju4y.org. And if there's any teens out there that want to connect to our work and just want to kind of maybe reach out um, anonymously, you can text 81010. And if you text that number with this message at ju, the number 4y, uh, you'll get connected to our Remind app that sends texts out about everything that we do as an organization. And you can also reply to that text and it goes straight to our mentor base. And there will be somebody who can connect to you and support you. So thank you guys once again for listening.